1: podcast, but then Devin just kept on dropping shits and fucks and I'm just trying to figure out what's in her mouth.
2: I just want to see him interview Francesco Acoli.
1: You
3: know, he's, he's a good human being, is what he would say about himself.
2: I'm sure. Who's hosting this thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take charge, Kevin.
4: Jesus. First time we ever met those guys, that was the the, the major uh, drunken pub argument. I think you, you guys are the worst.
0: I'm going to have to probably watch some Canucks on me, unfortunately.
4: Just Making making friends left, right, and center, and probably some enemies as well. And tell him to shut
2: up. He needs to hear that every once in a while. Off
4: we'll to a good start.
2: All right. We are live.
0: It's okay to talk when it goes live.
2: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the hockey podcast. Uh, we are live. Facebook.com, The Hockey Podcast. YouTube.com, The Hockey Podcast. Uh, You can like us on, of course, follow us on Twitter, podcast underscore hockey, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, where we are at the late, great Pavel Dimitra of subscribers, or Mark Pouliot as well, another name that wore number 78. Uh, You can also subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We have a very broad, exciting podcast to bring. Hello, Tyler. How are you?
5: I'm good. Uh, it's kind of weird. Three times in eight days being on this show.
2: <laughs> yeah, what do you like the, uh, the? You're like the what the Montreal Canadiens and the Vancouver Canucks and COVID times
5: here. Yeah, I guess so. Look like playing,
2: really. <laughs> playing a lot of games in a in a in a lot number of days here.
5: We're cramming it in.
2: Cramming it in. No back yes. to back though.
5: No, not yet. <laughs>
2: Uh, we would have started earlier, but I guess we have to blame Chris for this late disappearance. Um, yeah, that's right. um, Chris that's is doing me. the William Nylander of our hockey podcast today. <laughs> Running late. That's okay, though. Yeah. I forgive you, Chris.
4: Yeah, we won't bench you.
2: We won't bench <laughs> you. We are glad you're here. Devin, hello. You're not late. No, but I thought I was
3: coach, so I'm benching him. Oh, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you guys have no say in the matter. <laughs> no, I'm good, Kevin. I'm good, Kevin. Uh, and hello, Sean. Hello, Kevin. Yeah, it's a it's a nice it's a, an okay day here in Calgary. We're it's it's snowing again. We're what uh, April 25th, and we're still dealing with snow here. So, uh, but uh, we've got uh, some good hockey talk to uh, to get to today, and I'm excited about that.
2: Yes, we, we do. If you do have any questions and comments as we get through this, uh, feel free. Uh, but I want to start with pulling up the old NHL hockey standings here of the Scotia North, which is where we primarily follow along here. But we look at the standings here uh, and we see Toronto um, starting to put away the the North and winning the division. Winnipeg Woo. in second place, the Edmonton Oilers in third place, but down in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, the Montreal Canadiens sit in fourth. The Cal, but a game in hand of the Calgary Flames, who won two in a row against the Canadiens, pull within four, and the Vancouver Canucks, who have five games in hand, and eight are eight points back. Um, let's start with Devin. Do we have a playoff race? No, I <laughs> do we'll not have a playoff
3: race. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's just hopes and dreams at this point here. Um, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not totally convinced that uh, Canucks or Flames can catch Montreal, even though it is mathematically um, not out of the realm to do so. Uh, but it's I don't, it's fun. It's fun to have this uh, this belief. That's for sure.
2: We'll go, Tyler
5: yeah I'm gonna say not yet uh, I mean it's it's <laughs> you look at the points column right and you think, oh boy, that's exciting then you look at the games played column and think well, okay, yeah games in hand but you gotta win those games in hand and it's still it's still a little bit of what if territory for me, but the Canucks coming out of their uh, extended layoff three and one is encouraging, although I have to uh. Agree with what Elliot Friedman said after the broadcast last night. Now that the Canucks are going on the road and the the intensity of the schedule is going to increase here, that now we'll really see what they're made of there. But uh, yeah, not quite yet. And, and for the Flames, I mean, I you know, kind of the same thing. I, I you know, I, if we can see a couple more wins here out of them over the next say three games, then
1: then I think it'd be a little more tantalizing. Chris. Yeah, I'm a mix of an optimist and a realist. So, like, part of me is excited at the possibility of what could happen. But as Tyler just mentioned, like, with games in hand, those other teams have to lose for you to make up that ground. So, it really just depends on how the rest of the schedule plays out and who ends up winning more games. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the Flames did a a good job uh, getting two.
4: getting the the two wins versus the the Habs uh, in these past two games and really kind of making things a little more interesting a little more fun going into the this uh, this next couple weeks here um it's going to be very tough for the Canucks and I'm keeping my my expectations low but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and enjoy the ride whatever it is though I'm not going to sit back and, 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 and poke holes at everything and say, oh, look at the schedule. It, it, it's tough. They, they, there's no chance. I'm like, I'm going to sit back, be a full-on fan, and cheer them on and hope that they find a way to, to, to pull off something that is miraculous and fun and exciting. If the Canucks are able to do that, the story is insane. And they're going to go up against Toronto, and if they do that, that means they're probably beating Toronto again uh, at least one or two more times this season. And they're going to have the the uh, the confidence that they're that they have a chance to, to do something up against uh, up against the Leafs in the playoffs because that's probably who they're going to play if they make the playoffs. So at this point, my expectations are low, but I'm 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 ready for. To be proven wrong and to be uh, living a, a fun, exciting um, lead up into the playoffs. Because right now, yeah, you look at the like they're eight points back with five games in hand. Canucks are six three and one in their last ten, while Montreal's three seven and zero. So like they're tr- everything's trending in the right direction. But yeah, the the schedule is going to be the biggest uh, opponent for the Canucks more than anything else at this point but uh let's let's try and keep that i want to i want to see canucks fans and and everyone try and keep a positive up up look in terms of like okay let's see what happens instead of just poo-pooing anyone who wants to be get kind of get excited about this
5: well the way things have transpired over the last week uh You know, My concern during the layoff and then leading up to the comeback was like, well, most of this is not even going to be worth watching. They'll they'll be so far out of it, and it hasn't been that way. I mean, the way things went for the Habs while the Canucks were not playing and then the, the two wins against Toronto, and yes, a hiccup on Thursday against Ottawa, but back in the win column last night, it's like, well, this is still worth watching. They may fall short, but it's still well worth watching now. So that that part of it's exciting for me.
1: And, and if me... they do somehow miraculously, sorry, Devin, I'll let you. Go. No, no, you're good. No, no, you're okay. good. Uh, if they do miraculously make it against Toronto in that first round, you make it to Game Seven, third period, all bets are off. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's wow. a lot of optimism. <laughs> a lot of optimism oh, on oh, the Canucks' side. That's
4: that's. I I I think it's it's, it's it's more it's more just like we want to see it happen. We're we're we are we are we have got I think a realistic idea of where it th- where they're at as a team, but. Who knows? Like you can, you can, you can throw all the the, the math and models and percentage of re- reaching the playoffs as, as you can towards me. But I'm like, you know what? At this point, I just want to see them play games and see if they can do something. And I, I'm excited to see what what happens going forwards. And that's completely fair. I, I yeah. uh, be, being a Flames fan, let, let, let me just—I uh, want to
3: expand on my comments before. Um, I just haven't like. Yes, they—they've made some good ground. They—they they won the two games against Montreal, but I still am not buying into what the Flames are. They and they every time that they seem like okay, yes, we we're doing well. They they just disappoint me, and I just feel like uh, let down every single time. So, and especially within the playoffs, it's like, oh, they made the playoffs great, but you know. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a while since they've had actual success and sustainable su- success. So I, that, that's why I'm not as optimistic as Canucks fans. But if Canucks fans want to do that and get a higher draft pick or a lower draft pick, uh, yeah, that'd be great.
2: The thing here is the reason I'm, I actually do think that there's a p- bit of a playoff race here, and it's not because I think like the Flames have... I think the Flames are, are making small steps, not increment, not like amazingly huge steps, but they're making small steps. Uh, And the Canucks have have played well out of COVID, for sure. Out of, like, you know, they haven't been... I I did not think last night was a spectacular game. Uh, That is not a game that I want to watch again. Um, I'll say that. That's been nice. But the Canadians, they're without Carey Price. They're without Brendan Gallagher. I think they lost... um, Romanov got shaken up last night. Thomas Um, Tatar. Thomas Tatar. Um, they're, they are not healthy and they are not, it's, um, they're not healthy. Um, so I'm wondering that I'm thinking the way that the Canadians are going, they could have put this away a long time ago, but they haven't. And they're making it a race. So to me, this is more about the Canadians than it is about the Flames or the Canucks in my mind, where they're at. The Canadians are not. You know, I mean, if you ever listen to a, you think you think Canuck fans are hard on Jim Benning? Dominic Ducharme is not getting a single bit of love in Montreal right now. No.
5: Well, here's the thing what, how, what kind of heat is Mark Bergevin facing? Like, I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because. I, I wanted to talk about it on this show. You know, sometimes, you know, too much activity from the general manager can be detrimental to a team. And we have to ask that question now. I mean, nobody's been more active than Mark Bergevin in the North division and, and, and they're, they're sputtering now and he has no ability to make any more trades. So, so, you know, like what, come on, the heat should be on Mark. I mean, he's had years there. And,
3: and they are having,
2: they are trying to get Cole Caulfield into the lineup to make his debut. And they do not have the cap space to do it. They have, like, um, and without Carey Price, you played Caden Premio last night. You need to put Premio on the taxi squad if you're going to get Caulfield to play. Is Jake Allen able, like, I'm not dismissing Jake Allen, but if you're you're asking Jake Allen to do something, to play a lot of games here, I don't, that yeah. to me, that's what's making this a more of a playoff race is what's happening in Montreal. Not necessarily what's happening in Calgary or what's happening in Vancouver. It's what's happening in Montreal is making this more interesting than it probably should be. That's or a good point. realistically
1: uh, a combination of all three.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, and relying on uh, Jake Allen, um, to, to have that load on top of him to make a push for a, play, a playoff spot, I, I would not put that on him. Um, he has shown in St. Louis that he hasn't been able to, to do that and have that mental load on him. And I just don't think he's, he's quite there. Um, so if, if they are going to falter, it's going to, it's going to be the fact they can't score goals and they can't, uh, stop the puck,
4: period. If they can't score goals, like, why don't you, they need to find a way to, uh, to bring up the, the, the goal scoring yeah. wonder that is Cole Caulfield.
5: And this has been their issue for a long time. Um just a note on goaltending depth too. They had uh, Caden Primo playing last night. I mean, I know nothing about him, but uh he's 0-1 so far. Um
2: so, He wasn't terrible last yeah. night though.
5: But I mean between him and Jake Allen, geez, that's you gotta be feeling a little uncomfortable with that. I mean, Carey Price needs to get back ASAP.
4: Yeah, we don't know how long uh, Kerry is going to be out for with his concussion because that's I, I believe that's what he has. He's been put yeah. into concussion protocol. That's right. Um, so yeah, and and do not like we talk about all this, but do not underestimate the loss that is Brendan Gallagher.
2: Yeah, he is key. the
4: heart and soul and the engine of that team. Yeah, and you can have you can have pl- players like Corey Perry who can drag your your teammates into into the fight. You can have players like uh, Josh Anderson who can do that as well. But there, I don't think there's anyone who does that better in the NHL than Brendan Gallagher.
1: And as far as what he means to the team, he well, like basically what Bo is to the Canucks, Gallagher is to the Habs. Like he's just that that engine that throws the team onto his back when he needs to, and just. Motors, yeah,
4: yeah. And with the Habs right now, they've got uh, they've got a busy week uh, coming up. They've got uh, a game tomorrow versus the Flames, then Wednesday versus the Leafs, and then a back to back on Friday, Saturday. Um, Friday versus Winnipeg, and Saturday versus Ottawa. And if they can find a way to 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 break out of this three and seven. Slump that they're in, that'll go huge. But if they don't, we may look, we may be looking at next Sunday when we're doing our podcast and having the Habs on the outside looking in, depending on how the Flames do this week as well. Because they've got three games this week uh, as well. They've got, again, tomorrow versus Montreal, Thursday versus Edmonton. And then Saturday versus Edmonton as well. So there is this time next week, I think we're going to have a bit more of a, we could have a clearer picture or we could just be, it could just be more mess. So it's all, but it's all up to Montreal because if Montreal can go three or four this week, uh, I think that all but makes it realistically tough for both teams to, both Calgary and Vancouver to to make that make that ground up, especially if um, one of those three wins for Montreal is over Calgary tomorrow. But if they don't, they go five hundred or one one for four or even zero for four. That opens the door wide, wide open. Like we're talking Bay Door all the way up and. <laughs> You're you you're, you're driving a a, a a ten ton forklift through it. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Sean's you don't, you don't, visual
5: references today. <laughs> <yeah>.
3: <laughs> you, you know what's crazy though about the Canadians too is that they they, they were everybody was talking about how, how much depth they have on defense and how how well it is structured with Ben Chirac, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, uh, Joel Evanson, and uh, the the young kid Romanov. Um and they, they made a couple of moves uh for for a little bit more depth at the deadline uh for for defense and they have Eric Gustafson the playoff or the power play wonder he's playing fourth line he's he's playing as a forward which is crazy so I I don't know what they're trying to do there um and within that uh, defensive structure obviously they, they don't they don't trust um Eric Gust- Gustafson enough to play defense I, I mean it doesn't that just blow your mind.
2: Well, that's been sort of the history with him though, too, is yeah. is no one has trusted him to play defense for some reason or another. That was the issue in Philly, that was the issue in Chicago and Edmonton as well. Um okay. Calgary used them as a primary power play thing. So that's that's been that's been one issue. Um to me, the problem with the the Canadians is right up the middle. I mean Suzuki has been st- strong, but they need more from Kakanemi, Dano, Evans. Uh, those those three specifically need to, to get going. Like, Tyler Toffoli has been an outstanding acquisition. Josh Anderson, don't like the contract. He's been pretty good. You can't hate what Corey Perry has done. But up the middle, they are not strong. And that's been a huge... like. I mean, I love I love Nick Suzuki, but I think they need more from Kaka and Emmy, and they certainly need more offense from Philip Deneau if they're going to go forward here. And I don't think Eric Stoll has been... I don't think Eric Stoll has been something to write home about.
4: Beno's been the biggest disappointment for them up the middle. He was close. He was, he was probably a top five selkie guy last year, Uh, put up a, a decent amount of points was their shutdown center. And he just hasn't been able to follow that up this year. And you needed him to do that. They needed him to do that because, as good as Suzuki can be, he's still young. He's still inconsistent. Kinyemi is even more inconsistent. They've even thrown him on the wing at times. And then you've got a bunch. Then, then they after that, it's they've got like Paul Byron, Jake Evans, Eric Stahl. lots of like good, good lower lower end of the roster players. But what they're really missing is a bona fide top six center that you can trust to play all situations and none of their, none of Suzuki Dano, or Kakinami have stepped up to be that this, this season as good as they have looked at times.
2: Yep. For sure. Uh, to jump to the flames. Um, I think a huge loss with Noah Hannafin got hurt last night. It was really not a dirty play or anything like that. He just, he got hurt. I uh, did not come back in the game. Uh that is a huge loss for the Calgary Flames. So Heine has play, been playing so well. No matter if he's played with Tana or Rasmus Anderson, um, he's been he's been outstanding. That's a huge loss, uh, in my mind. Uh first of all, so if that doesn't if he's not able to come back, that I think puts a bit of a crank in a lock in where the flames are at. Um, you means you have to play Geo more. And I think Geo has played well, but um I mean, he's, there's certainly a decline. Uh, And also then you've got the issue, the other issue here. um, And maybe we'll start with Devin on this. Michael Stone, after two periods yesterday, played more than Rasmus Anderson. So, and and I bring, bring this up, not because um, I'll find the Sutter clip, clip here, maybe that debt or someone can have that found about uh, what Daryl Sutter said about Dylan Dubé and sort of, I think it's been kind of fascinating with the with Sutter and his use of the the younger players. Um, he hasn't he hasn't loved them as much as I think Flames fans believe that they deserve. Maybe is that the fair way to say it?
3: That's valid. It's uh, it, Rasmus Anderson hasn't had a good year. Period. Um, he he hasn't been. Uh, he's a step behind where he was last year and i think maybe that the contract is uh is within his head um you do find after um uh you're, you're after they step up into a different contract a, a much more prominent contract that 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 might be within their head and they, they feel like they need to play more than or uh, they need to do more than what they have been doing when the solution is just keep on doing what you have been doing and you'll be just fine Um, and Daryl Sutter, he's an old school guy. Uh, he likes the old school players. That's why Stone, uh, he's, he's gotten more minutes and, um, it doesn't surprise me. Am I concerned? No. Um, but it's, uh, it's all about the process and making sure that those young players know what they need to do, uh, game in game out, uh, to be successful within this league and get more minutes. Um, so it's, it's, it's like you said before, Kevin, it's about the process of it. And, um, Making sure that uh, we they, they're all on the same page because if they're not, then uh, it's yeah th- things can get um, a bit or have a bit more friction to them, uh, especially with between the coach and those players. But I feel like um, within the the tenure of Sutter, as of right now, that there shouldn't be any uh, rhyme or for concern
2: at all. Anyone else on that?
4: I'll take that as yes. no uh sorry i was i was grabbing the the setter clip I'll, I'll pull that up oh, for, okay thank you I for everyone um yeah. I, I had to go through and, and get through to to where oh. he actually says says uh what he said about uh, uh because uh, i think it's a very very good uh very good clip from from daryl there um
0: Consistent basis, very simple. I mean, with 15 games without a goal, we're playing with we're playing with one of our two best centermen all the time, very simple. He's got to be a, he's got a skill set that he has to use every night consistently. If he doesn't, he's not a very efficient player.
2: Ah, uh, Daryl Sutter press conferences—they're just. <laughs> Just straightforward. Tell it like
4: it is. Hey, well, I, I liked I liked his comment after the game last night when someone asked him how what the, the 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 mood in the room was after beating the the Habs two games in a row. He's like, I don't know. They're probably tired. They play two games in <laughs> a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah you're then, not then, getting kumbaya from Daryl Sutter. And you know, no, no,
5: he, he's the fun police around there. Yeah, well, you he's, know, jubilation from that face.
3: Yeah. Well, he's he's, and that that's we what, what you expect him to be talking to his players, being straightforward. This is what I need from you every single night. If you're not going to do it, you're going to get benched.
2: Yeah, and even <laughs> the the sorry, uh, I don't uh, sorry for interrupting. I was just saying, even from the the game Friday, empty net goal from someone, and Sutter is yelling that someone on the bench. To, and I it looked like an assistant coach at the time, but. um he wasn't he wasn't happy even when they were scoring so like he has an expectation for this team and if it's not being filled he's got to go with the michael stones and the the old reliables the stones the brett Richies, the old sutter reliables you know um but andrew majapani i think he's been a guy that he's found a way um to to thrive through sutter um yeah, yeah we were so, last night
4: ahead. we were we were talking in our, in our chat about those comments from that uh, Sutter made about Dubey and um I think they're they're right consistency is a huge deal. Uh is only 22. Um but he needs to find a way to take that next step and a big piece of that is consistency. And when when I at the end that what I said is I think that Magic Patty's found that consistency. And found that next level to become a true top six forward. And when you look at this quote from Daryl Sutter, or talk, from Daryl Sutter about Magic being a team leader in grit and determination, that's huge because that is a big part of Magic game. And what makes him successful is he outworks everyone. Yeah. And that's that is something. Dylan Dubé needs to take a page out of Andrew Magic Paner's book and and look at what he does what look at what magic Pani's doing because if he does that then they have the the then he'll he'll make that he'll take that next step and the flames will have two hard working top six forwards that they can that can they can move forward with and maybe that helps them make make a move in the offseason to help uh balance out the the lineup that uh, I still think is a a bit of a bit bit out of balance uh going into the 21, 22 season.
3: Well, and if you, uh, Pat Seinberg, um, they had practiced today and he tweeted out uh, the new power play units. Um, Magic penny is on the top unit and Kachuk's on the second now. Um, and Kachuk's another guy who n- needs to find his game. Maybe he, it, we, we've, we've said it till it's blue in our faces about how, uh, he's completely changed his game ever since that, uh, um, Muzzin puck flip incident at the beginning of the year, and it, that that's that can't happen when one of your top uprising leaders on this team isn 't playing the way they needs to and um, manjipani I guess is uh, taking uh, taking it to kachuk and um, on the ice and you know I, it, it's really really good to see Manji do that, but God if one of the reasons why i 'm not so confident with the flames, even if they make it in the playoffs is kachuk isn't being uh, kachuk and that that can't happen.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just um, Keegan with the question, was that a shot at Giordano? I don't think so. I actually don't think Gio has played very I, – I think Gio has played pretty well the last little while. Um, I think uh, whatever Chris Tanev is doing is working for him. That's been a good pairing there uh, for sure. Uh, not a dig on Anderson. I just think well, whatever Canavan and geo just seemed to click a little bit better. And, um, so I haven't hated, I haven't hated geo for the last little while. Another guy that I think has been, been, I think thriving though, a little bit more is, is we, we, we have been hard on Johnny. We have been hard on Johnny. We, we pulled the stats up, but Johnny, the last few games, he's got, he's got that look in his eye that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, Hell of a goal, hell of a shot last night. Uh, his first goal um, to tie the game, um, you know. And I don't think he cares if he's playing with Monahan or not. I think he's finding his game. I think
4: both well, of them are.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. Uh, Johnny isn't. I'd say Monahan was relying on Johnny more so than money, or John, Johnny was lying on money. Um, it's uh, it, it's very apparent that. Goudreau is that high-end player that we always think that he is. It's just the consistency isn't quite there sometimes, but he has found another level here. And I think uh, when Sutter came in as head coach, uh, one of the interviews that I saw of him was talking about how they need to have somebody to kick him in the ass pretty much um, and make sure that they are uh, doing the things that need to be done. And Sutter's gotten the best out of – uh Gaudreau and uh, you know even recently Monahan. it's it's been it's been actually quite uh, a breath of fresh air for for both of them and uh as us, us as fans too seeing that they can um, you know correlate outside of each other
4: and what works for for that too is i think it was uh i think we're seeing that uh, Sutter not be afraid to put them together for a shift or two throughout the game as well to to help Create some more offense, and I think that having them separated and then being able to, to throw them together every once in a while, I think is a, is a good flexible top six uh, setup for the for the Flames at, at this point.
2: Yeah. Uh, anything else with the Flames that we need to get into? Other than uh, just
1: adding from it, that was a seeing eye shot. Like that was one hell of a shot for Johnny. Yeah. And a great pass from Kachuk as well to set it up.
2: Yeah. there we uh yeah uh, and then yeah nice pass from Manjapani too and then Buddy Robinson made an appearance last night. Uh hell of a hit on Sharott. So yeah, we'll see with the Flames we'll see um I think a big game Monday I think that will tell us a lot about what uh what's going on there with the Canucks. Um 3-1 since they've been back. Uh Getting really strong goaltending from Braden Holtby. Uh, but the lineup is interesting. Um, we're still not seeing Cole Lind, and we're not seeing a lot of Zach McEwen. Um, a guy I think we were I think we were ex- expecting to see more. Uh we'll start with Tyler there, kind of what your thoughts on the lineup has been. I don't I'm not trying to be super nitpicky in terms of like they should be playing this, that, or the the other, but um, the lineup choices have been interesting.
5: Um, well, yes and no. I mean, the fact that you, you look at the standings and, and it would, would appear that they still have some kind of a shot at the playoffs. Uh, the coach is going to go with uh, what he knows over the unknowns. And, and I think that's the only thing that really works against a, a guy like a Cole Lind. I do like, however, uh, now that they're they're starting to get people healthy again, other, you know, Elias Pettersson notwithstanding, um you know, if you're, if you're having, if your game's slipping a little bit, you're going to lose your spot in the lineup. And that happened to Jimmy VC, And so hopefully he'll uh, work on his game and uh, find a way to get back in the lineup. But uh, Zach McEwen made an appearance last night. Um, you know, not, to me, not a huge factor. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, if I were the coach of the Canucks, I don't think I would be going with guys without with with no experience at this point when you're when you need every point possible to try and stay in this playoff race and, and so for Cole Lindy's gonna have to wait for his opportunity by the looks of it.
1: Yeah, in between like the brain fog and the conditioning and all that sort of stuff that comes with coming back from having COVID, like a lot of guys are gonna be getting their chance. So like whether that's Zach McEwen, whether that's Grayvic, whether that's like you name any of like the bottom six guys that are basically in musical chairs right now. Yeah, everyone's going to get a chance. Everyone's going to have a game or two, but unless you impress, you're not likely going to get more than one of those game or twos. Yeah, um, I, as
4: much as I want to, the curiosity in me wants to see Cole Um at, at this point, Travis Boyd has been okay. I think he had a bad game on uh, in that first game versus Ottawa. Uh, a couple absolute uh, pizzas that were he was able to give Ottawa chances to score uh, on power plays of, of all, <laughs> of all things. Um, but I think Zach McEwen going to, going to stay there. I think, I think he played well for the limited minutes we saw last night, um, but he's still coming back. I, I, I don't know how, how rough he had it too. Right. Uh-huh. So, uh, and this was the easy part of the schedule for the Canucks. So I think going forwards, I think we are going to see me. Uh, I could, I could, be, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 3 new players per game in in those back-to-back situations coming up here because it's as as Chris said that the coming back from covid from all accounts is really really tough and you can't you can't stretch these guys too much. You have to have the the your top guys play as much as possible as long as you're not putting them in undue harm by doing so, but at yeah, I think it, it. 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 I do think we'll see Cole in play. I do think we'll see more from Zach McEwen. I do think we'll see some more Tyler Graevac as well. Um, I don't foresee the the, the Canucks going through the rest of the season, even if they are pushing hard and 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 pulling something miraculous off. Um, I don't, I don't see them doing it without uh, having s- significant turnover, especially in that fourth line roles in those fourth line roles um, in, in players game to game. I mean, I think you almost
5: have to look at it like goaltending on back to back games. Now you ha- you have to uh, get some fresh legs in there each game, given the situation that they're dealing with right now. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. Uh... Although, uh, first of all, I'll start with the good here, though. Um, I know that everyone, we were, the Canucks Twitter exploded with the Tanner Pearson contract, but Tanner Pearson has been one of the better players coming back from this and got the game winner last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not saying that, you know, it, we should forgive or, or I'm not saying hashtag thank you, Jim, for this contract at all, but um, credit to Pearson for playing well
4: i I think people were, were so focused and on his production for the the beginning of this season when looking at that contract and comparing it to other contracts that have been signed. but when you go back and look at his career and you go back and even look at last season and the season before, like he's consistently up and up close to that 20 goal mark and I think it's I think he's he's still a good player he's still a, right now he's still a top six player in my mind. He's not. He's not someone that you're. the The issue for the Canucks has always been. Tyner Pearson should be your on a on a good team should be the third piece on your second line, not the second piece. And going into last year with last year, and then going into this season, he's been the second piece. Now with Hoglander stepping up, um, you can make that argument, and I think it it, it works really well with the with this the if they're fully healthy, the setup that they can have. Um, again, I, 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 I still think his, he, he's a good, useful player for the Canucks. You can quibble about the contract, but I think you need to to, to, to separate the contract from the player when evaluating how useful the player is right now. Yeah, and
5: then let's just uh, talk about goaltending. Uh, You know, I think most Canuck fans are still in agreement that Thatcher Demko is your number one guy. But right now, as far as I'm concerned, Holtby has the net. Let him keep it. Um, Both Holtby and Pearson um, brought to the Canucks partly because of their past experience and their Stanley Cup winners. And, yes, you are paying A premium for that but i i think that that experience is starting to to show for the canucks at a time of great adversity here and you know they were key factors in the game last night and and uh just what i I guess for with Holtby, what a relief because earlier in the season it was at the point where like we can't even play this guy we signed him for how much money and how many years so the fact that he's he's delivering quality goaltending now and give demko some time to to find uh find his wind again like literally uh he was having some trouble even getting to the bench during uh commercial breaks there on thursday uh you know let's just keep
4: riding with Holtby for
5: now i would say
1: yeah, yeah that's it's a nice little turnaround for sure yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah i think demco is still not quite 100 percent from from everything and yeah you just hope Holtby, he's in the in a, in a groove too um but you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to play Demko at some point once especially once the back to back start um, and go from there and and hopefully Demko will be recovered by then cuz uh, what, what looks like big news coming out of uh, out of the Canucks is that they're finally finally get making a move to get uh, to get uh uh, Mikey Di Pietro, um some games. I almost called him Rick. Jeez, uh, talk about talk about talk about going back to old stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, finally getting my Pietro some games with uh, sending him down to Utica. So they're gonna have they, they. I re that's fantastic. They should have done this a long time ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Canucks right now are, are in good shape uh, goaltending wise with Holtby finding his game, and I'm I have no doubt that Demko will find it uh, once uh, once he once he shakes off the the COVID uh, after effects. Canucks
5: play Monday at four Pacific against Ottawa. Then Wednesday two thirty Pacific, a bit of an odd start time, and then and then you got the back to back Thursday four thirty Pacific against Toronto. So uh, that's that's where we'll probably see both goalies and, and and maybe some shuffling in of of bottom six players.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and they're not playing. They're playing. They're not playing. Um, uh, yesterday's Ottawa Senators It's still the team that battles. They're I'm not saying they're. They're they're getting there. They're certainly growing, so that's not going to be easy. And um, I don't know if this is much of a surprise. I guess to me, the one part that that I mean, Benning's communication of this was was Benning, I guess. Uh, but it looks like according to Chris Johnson, uh, Pedersen's out for the, not expected to come back for the year. I, I'm not saying that. That's a big surprise, but perhaps one of those Jim Benning communication lessons?
5: On, on, on that one, I had one of my uh, friends suggest, uh, is, is it possible that maybe Petey's representation wants to, to go the shutdown route here? You know, if he comes back early and doesn't perform very well and he's got the contract negotiation coming up, uh, it could kind of work against him. You know, I, I have to wonder a little bit. You'd have to think maybe there's some machinations uh, that we're not hearing about there, in ter- you know, from from uh, PD's representation as to when they think he should get back on the ice.
3: Out of all people on this podcast to bring up a con- conspiracy theory, you're the last person that I would think about.
5: It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was suggested to me, but I I, I think you know I think. I don't think we should discount the idea that that maybe uh maybe the Pedersen camp doesn't want to rush him back as quickly as the Canucks would like to see him back there.
1: Yeah, but I don't something there. I, I don't
4: think they're going to want to rush him back and 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 bring him back before he's 100% healthy. Um but everything we as fans know f- about Pedersen is he's a He's a he's a, a battler. Uh, yeah. He 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 his compete level is is way way up there, and he's probably just chomping at the bit to get back though as as a hockey player. Mm-hmm. So I think there's probably some truth to it, but I think if Petey could be back, he'd be back. Like he'd be back, and he'd be trying to to help uh, help the Canucks at this point. Yeah, that's so, what
5: that's what we'd all want to believe. And I, I believe he had an Instagram post yesterday or the day before and, and you know, kinda of hinted at how much he's missing it. So I, 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 I'm sure he's eager to get back. But yeah, Jim Benning, I believe the, the the I'm just paraphrasing, but I believe he said they were hoping he would be back before the end of the season. It wasn't so much of a promise per se. Uh so Chris Johnston's report there last night is uh it was disappointing but not entirely surprising that, that, you know, it's it's looking not very good to see Petey back before the end of the season.
1: To Just throw your- a hypothetical out there, though. If we make the playoffs, do we think that there's a chance he plays?
5: Oh, yeah, I think I, I yeah. <laughs> you know, the threshold between playing and not playing it over injury really moves quite a bit once you're talking about playoff
2: games. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they get close, if we start seeing him during that final four games against the Flames. yeah. If they're, if they're mathematically into it, I, I if, if if those games are being played, wouldn't be surprised if we see him in there. But the other counter, counteract to that, if I'm betting um, and I say I see injuries in two of his first four years. What am I? Am, is that an issue? If So, I mean, if you're conspiracy theory out that is camp's holding him out, if I'm betting, am I not concerned that there's an injury prone here? Do I negotiate that way? No, you no, can't. you can't. Not that early in <laughs> your
5: career. Uh, there hasn't been enough injuries in my mind to to start thinking that way.
3: No, and that that's why you you, you need to have those uh, those core games, that, like or get them in as soon as possible. If you guys are going to, if the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, so that 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 transition of going from not playing any games to playoff intensity, that that that's even
1: more possibility of injury in my mind.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I yeah it's, you just want
1: ease him and not throw him into the fire for sure.
4: Yeah you, you want to make sure he's he's healthy enough to be out there and not um, su- potentially sustaining a, a, or reaggravating the injury or sustaining a worse injury because of it um, but yeah, I, and I don't think you're they're going to be um, using that as any sort of uh, negotiating ploy. If they do that's that's lowbrow in my opinion. And, but I don't, I don't see that. I see them looking at him as being a, a top star for them going forwards. And they're, they're going to have to find a way to get, get get as good a deal with him as possible. Uh, Especially when you've got him and Quinn Hughes to sign. Yeah. 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 And remember, it's going to be short term and they're going to have to fight and they're going to be short term and they're going to be really cap strapped next, next year as well. Um, to try and fill out that, that lineup with, to, become, to be competitive and take that next step. Um, they desperately need a, a, a third-line center. Um, I, I see Chris Faber was, was in, in our chat, and uh, him and I had an interesting discussion on, on, it, on Twitter about what they do with Pod Colson when he comes over because he's one of those like responsible players that you could throw in as a, as a center potentially. And that fills out that, that one, two, three down the middle. Yeah. Um I there's your goddamn replacement right there. Yeah. But like it to to Chris's to Chris Faber's uh, what when we discussed it, he he's watched podcalls and a lot more than any of us. And he thinks he's better suited to be just a, a good four-checking monster def- like two hundred foot winger. And if you can find a way to to find a center to, to play with Pod Colson and, and, and keep the, the Pearson Hoglander Horvat line together, keep the lotto line together and find a center to play with Pod Colson. And then here, like for me, you put Mott on that line. There's your, there's a great one, two, three punch in terms of, um, of lines that, you know, can, you can throw out there in any situation. And that third line could be a, a line that you can throw it there in in matchup situations and take a little bit away from the, of that from Bo Horvat. And I think that's what the Canucks desperately need to find going forwards. And they're not going to, they're, they're going to have to figure out what figure, figure out how to patchwork stuff together um, for the rest of this season, because not only are they missing Petey, they're, they're dealing with everything else. But going forwards, if they could find a way to, to build a third line, potentially around Pod Colson and Tyler Mott, I think that could be fantastic because I don't think people realize how important Tyler Mott is to this team. I don't think people realize how, uh, how much energy and uh, just ability to, to drag the team into the fight that Tyler Mott has.
5: Well, uh, I mean, if if people were watching the bubble hockey last summer uh, and didn't notice that, I, I don't know what to say to them.
3: Or yeah. even at the beginning of this year,
4: yeah, God, he was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great
5: seeing him back last night as well. By the way,
2: yeah,
4: so. yeah, I was looking at the uh, when when we had the Kevin sent out the agenda. I was looking at uh, some of the the time on ice for the Canucks, and it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, Tyler Mott only played like seven minutes of of five on five ice time. But he played nine minutes on the on the penalty kill last night, and was a huge, huge reason why the Canucks won last night was the penalty kill. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, anything else with the Canucks?
5: Uh, well, speaking of penalty kills, at least last night's game wasn't uh, as over officiated or inconsistently officiated as Thursday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say that that was that was pretty frustrating to watch on Thursday. Although I don't know, Sean, I think if it was you that brought it up in the group chat or maybe i saw it out from scouting the refs but I, apparently the the two guys that uh they had out there on thursday i think have statistically called the most penalties this season or something so not uh you know it wasn't I, I guess isolated to just that game that was the trend with those officials and if that's the case then it's kind of on the players to make the adjustments there
4: that's a scouting the ref uh yeah stat that's not that's not something I look at I'm too irrational to look at all that stuff well, I thought you so might have looked
5: it, it up and shared that they're on that they're on that
2: it has been just a we'll go on a rabbit quick rabbit trail here but it certainly was an interesting week for the officials overall you had the Montreal Edmonton series that was tackle football that Euler fans were outraged and how that was called? Oilers media too, and Oilers media too, <laughs> and, Oilers media too. Uh, and um, you ha- so you had that. Um, you had Montreal fans. I think you look on Friday that Gio O'Donnell hit on Deneau was uh, was an elbow that got there was this was not. You're gonna. Come, I don't know if you'll come away with the officiating this week feeling very happy about it. It's was it wasn't the best week for it. But, yeah,
4: oh well. a, li- a little all over the place, and yeah, you, as much as we want to complain and 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 moan about it, it, it it kind of came full circle for for a lot of th- a lot of the teams, and then but uh, you got to find a way to battle for these players. You got to fi- find a way to battle through it, and. I think the power the power plays were pretty slanted towards uh, Ottawa last night for in the Ottawa Canucks game, and the Canucks were able to kill them off, including that uh, that that uh, double minor uh, uh, that Vertanen took. That was huge, mm-hmm. huge. And then and then they and then they then the Canucks looked like absolute crap on their two minute five on three. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah.
5: yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that that that's probably the thing that sort of drove me the most nuts last night. And of course, of course, you could just feel it right away as soon as it was back to five on five. Ottawa had another jump in their in their step and and uh, tied the game. And then thankfully Tanner Pearson uh, salvaged it for the Canucks there afterwards. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
2: Well, even the flames, if flames were undisciplined Saturday. They took through yesterday, three straight penalties that that almost cost them. So, um, th- yeah, it, it, the power play is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, even you look back, if the flames don't make the playoffs, you look back at that game last Sunday that the flames in Ottawa played where they had three power plays in a row in the third period and did nothing about with them. Right. So,
3: Oh God, it's the, 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 the flames power play just to go back on, since we're talking about now um, is not dynamic whatsoever. It's just pass around, pass around, pass around. That's all it is. And I, I I see very similar, there are similarities between um, them and uh, the Canucks in that sense too, but the Canucks seem to, find a ways more than uh, than the Flames do. And they say, God, it's frustrating.
5: What frustrates me with the Canucks passing is not so much passing. It's just kind of throwing the puck in the direction of one of the other players. And, and, and so often it's just not a crisp, easy to receive pass where you can make the next move really quickly and efficiently. And they're, they're, it's like they're constantly fighting just being able to make a pass. And then those opportunities to get a quality scoring chance are just not
2: there. Yeah. Uh, Keegan with the nice shot. Brett Ritchie with the nice trip that led to the goal. (laughs) Good point. yeah. 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 Uh, But power plays will be be key. And it's now, you know, to move on a little bit here, it's getting this week also, I think, there was a lot more pushing, a lot more shoving, a lot more in-your-face stuff. Uh, Specifically, Joe Thornton of Devon's Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and Nikolai Ehlers of uh, the Winnipeg Jets had a conversation that went on for a pretty long time yesterday. Um, maybe we'll get Devin's take on it. If, I don't know if we have the, the niceness, the, the conversation that was going on there.
4: I don't have the conversation just yet, but I do have what led up to it all. And it's uh, it, it's, it's playoff like, it's, it, it's late April. There, everyone's in playoff hockey mode. Including the refs, they're letting a lot go. <laughs> there, you, you can see the the little jab that Ehlers had there. Um, I mean, Joe's so. a pretty
5: jo- Joe's a pretty big dude to fall that easy, isn't he? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not against Joe Thornton, but what, like, I mean, uh, I, I don't. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's there's some performance. There's some performing yeah. there
3: yeah. For, for sure. I, I actually don't even see why Joe was talking going up the ice. It, like something must have happened, because uh, otherwise I I don't know. But I, I love the intensity. I love this type of hockey. This is what we all crave for, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's it, let
4: it happen. Let's bring it on. God, it's still let's snowing ch- here in Calgary. Let's let's play some <laughs> hockey. God, yeah. the the chirping between the, the the Jets and and the Leafs. it's unfortunate that we're not guaranteed to see them in, in playoff series this year, because uh, if it it would be fun, it would be a lot of fun from an outsider's point of view to watch that. And it just just full on like, like a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, like, could you imagine Winnipeg versus Toronto with fans? Oh, the Winnipeg fans would be, Insane! It'll yeah. be amazing, and that's just again things we're, we're not going to get this year. But uh, I re I, if there's a if there's a Winnipeg-Toronto series this year, it's going to be a war, and it's going to be fun to watch.
3: No kidding, and Pierre Lake Dubois, he is a shit disturber. Um, the 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 reverse hit uh, from Sandine for Wheeler last night was fantastic. Um, nothing was wrong even... with it, though. No, no, not at all. BX was yeah. talking about it in uh, the intermission about how, oh yeah, if that was Ratko Gudis, it'd be he'd be a bit more cautious of uh, what he was doing there. But when you're reaching in like that, God, you got to be, you got to make sure that uh, no matter who's out there, you got you got to protect yourself and not reach in like that and have that reverse hit. God, I I love doing reverse hits as a as a hockey player, and when you catch somebody like that, oh, it's, it's a good feeling.
2: And, you know, and even Paul Maurice benched Shifley in the second period yesterday. Um, Shifley took a a lap around the ice. Uh, You can see that it was a Dubois. It was the final shift Dubois-esque moment for Mark Shifley. Maurice benched him for the second period. He pulled Connor Hellebuck on Thursday after three goals when Hellebuck wasn't happy about it. So Paul Maurice is making is, is. you know, putting his stamp on that the team. Um, and they were fighting for that first play, first place, and you want to get in that position. Um, you also, I think, if you're Winnipeg or Edmonton, which looks like, I'm, I'm more than 50% certain we're seeing that as a first-round matchup, you want to make sure you get home ice. So um, even though, yes, there's no fans, and can you imagine fans for that series, by the way? Oh my! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you, you want last change is what you're saying. Yes, you absolutely. Yes. That's the both, thing. You know. That's the thing. You yeah. want last change, and you know, I mean, and you imagine fans from Montreal, Toronto. By the way, while we're at it, can you imagine that? That'd be chaos. Oh, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be chills. Time. Long
5: overdue for a matchup of those two in the playoffs. Uh, just on, in regards to uh, Shifley, uh, you know, I, I I I've got to tip my cap to Paul Maurice. It's a bold step to do that. Um, and it, you know, it's amazing to me, like how often players will just coast their way to the bench. I mean, that, that, that's very, I mean, that happens all the time at the NHL level, but after a really long shift and then, and then doing that and just kind of the way the game was going, you know, hopefully all the Jets players have received the message that, uh, the, the urgency, uh, needs to increase. And (laughs) that starts with, with leadership. Uh, players and and Mark Shifley, uh, you know, hopefully has learned his lesson, and we'll we'll be hustling a little harder out there. <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: um, I think yeah, that's we, a great we time. We all to... like Mark Shifley here, so <laughs> we're not down on Mark Shifley. But that didn't look very good.
4: I think it was a great time to do it too, because you look at the standings, and yep. um, it's not like they're you're battling too hard for a uh, a playoff chance, a playoff spot, and you need everyone running, you need everyone pulling in in the right direction. Uh, come going into these uh final nine games for for Winnipeg and you need to find what they need to find a way to, to start to just to start cruising they're five four and one in their last ten they've lost three in a row they need to, they need to turn this around because if they don't then they're they're going in on their back foot into the playoffs and uh i i'm i think it's about an 80% chance that it's going to be Winnipeg Edmonton in that first round and you cannot go be going in in on your back foot against McDavid and Drysdale no even if, even even if you've got even if you've got the, a significant significant advantage in goaltending with uh the Oilers having Mike Smith out what whoever they put put out there whether it's Smith, Stalock, or Koskinen um, you got to find a way to be rolling because if you're rolling and you're going up against those goaltenders, it's going to be a series. If you're not, it's going to be, a, it's going to be really tough to find a way to, to get past the Oilers in that situation. So I think it's a great time for, for Paul Maurice to send a message and say, look, it's playoff time. You got to fight. You, you can't every shift counts. You cannot take a shift off like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I I agree. Although I will have to say, though, I know we don't like I we don't like Mike Smith, but he hasn't been horrible this year.
4: <laughs> that's he that's the, that's the bar for goal or this goaltending. They weren't horrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> Mike Smith hasn't Mike Smithed it up yet. <laughs> well, no,
3: but at the same time, uh, to give Mike Smith some credit, um, he does play well in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, he does, and but i i'll still put my money on on a Connor Hellebuck if i'm if i'm picking a goalie it, it, between uh winnipeg and, and edmonton so i as i said i think you, they need to find a way to get back up back going and back rolling if cuz if they aren't they're they're ripe for the picking
2: yeah for sure um moving on here as we also, are also
4: speak speaking of goalies we had a quite the interesting goalie issue uh, with uh, um, with Ottawa last yes, night. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: We should probably yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Woodley offered his services last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um...
5: Oh, so here man. we go. I've got it. This is great. I'm glad you found this.
1: Yeah, already we had already dressed and and ready to go. Let's
4: go.
5: Show some, some road there. I mean, it's not that stiff. <laughs> you, you,
3: Did you see that belly on him, though?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it looked like me if I put some goalie equipment on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, no emergency backup goalies uh, present, apparently. Um, during this pandemic season. I uh, can't remember who pointed that out on Twitter. I'm, I'm thinking it was uh, Joey Genward. Joey yeah, Joey um, But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ottawa <laughs> had uh, uh, two of their three goalies injured. So the one that was in the net, and then he got crashed into by um, uh, Zaitsev, I think it was. <laughs> And so uh, it was just like, oh, my goodness, are we going to some obscure goalie here? <laughs> one one more injury in it that we could have seen something pretty hilarious there.
2: Uh, yeah. Where did Keegan's comment go? Uh, he had a great comment. Sorry, Devin, I have to. I He, he said this. Uh, he brought up David. I'm sorry, I had to. I had to. It,
5: it, I mean, it was David Ayers and the rest of the Carolina Hurricanes that like, yeah. they, they really picked it up for him. <laughs> I know it's a little bit unfair. People say people say that the Leafs lost to a uh, you know a Zamboni driver. No, they lost to a Zamboni driver and a pretty good hockey team as well.
2: You look, it here, here, here. was Steve Dangle that brought up the Zamboni driver in the epic rant. So, you know, <laughs> if you're going to give him the airtime, he's got to yeah. take the hit and we're going to we have to give the media perception. But on a serious note though, in the playoffs, they got to you have to address that that, that that there has to be an emergency goalie available. I yeah, think. but what are the chances that you're
4: going to have three goalies go down to injury? Yeah. Yeah, that's the chances are low, but at the same time there's still a chance. Yeah, yeah still it still
5: is.
2: Could any of you play goal? I I mean I maybe could have no, done it. I,
5: I can't even imagine putting the goalie skates on Like, falling down <laughs> all over the place.
3: I I played field hockey as a goalie and uh I I know it's completely separate and different, but um, I feel like I'd be okay. I don't think my knee would be able to hold up.
1: <laughs> I, I, was, I, my knees.
4: <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I was uh, talking last night with, with Heidi about uh, the one, one of the games where I got thrown in net playing field hockey. And it's, it's yeah, a different game, but it's being thrown into a completely different world, too, because oh, man. Skate, like hockey as a skater... Is one thing hockey is a goalie is a completely different sport. <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah. it's crazy. And then yeah, uh, Jeremy Jeremy Harris uh, with uh, we got to see uh, former Flame Freddie Brathwaite dressed up uh, for the yes. silver the silver Knights uh, last night.
5: Yeah, I believe uh, Hockey Night uh, highlighted that as well. That I everyone mean, is he forty eight or something now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: oh. Wow. Um, the other thing is I don't know what I don't know what the uh, if there's going to be any postseason for the AHL this year. So I think the, the the teams will be able to call up their AHL uh, goalies and have them in their bubble at that point. That's good.
2: Yeah. I I just, there's got to be a better way to do it is my point, whatever, like for the playoffs, like you cannot like, even if it's a 4% chance of something like that happening, you know, um, I I, I think that's, like, on a serious note, they need to make sure that that's fixed. But, you know, know. I mean, you look, like, just just to throw a scenario here, with the Leafs, like, if Jack, like, if you're going with Jack Campbell and he gets hurt, and you're going with David Riddick and he gets hurt. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. (laughs) Yeah, Hutchinson. Yeah, Yeah, but still... I mean, Colorado <laughs> yeah. was in a, like, it can happen. That's my, yeah, that,
5: that, that, that's pretty much how it went for the Avs. There. And not, last year. yeah, not, not one game,
4: game, though. No, not in one game. No, no, it,
5: that's, yeah. When well, you, if you've got three goalies there with the team and in the playoffs, most of it's played every second day. I mean, it's, it's, it is extremely, extremely unlikely you'd end up in a situation where you've got an emergency fill in playing.
4: <laughs> Draft.
1: Likely playing. Yeah, about,
4: college, yeah. The 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 Leafs have two goalies on their on their taxi squad right now. Actually, they've also got uh, Venny Vivalainen. I think. I oh got yeah, he name, was right. picked
2: up from Columbus earlier <laughs> in the year. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um. uh You know, just quickly going down, I. uh You know, I know that nobody watches the Florida Panthers. Um. But we really should be watching the Florida Panthers. I wish that there was a way to watch more Florida Panthers hockey. Um when uh, maybe maybe next year I'll advertise for ticket availability for them or where the rink is <laughs> and stuff cuz <'Cause> Andre <laughs> Alexander Barkov come on, like like that guy was if he was anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like people would be talking about this guy as a legitimate top 4 or 5 player in the National Hockey League. Um and an MVP candidate.
4: Yeah, he's so so underrated. I don't think people realize how skilled he is. Um, Every once in a while, you'll you'll see a highlight pop up, but he's so skilled, so smart. Like it's if he was in if he was in any like middle to bigger market, he'd be an absolute superstar. Yeah.
3: Well, we've been saying this for years. I I think we we all know. I don't think this is a, uh, um, a a light bulb moment. Being like, "Oh yeah, Sasha Barkov, yeah, he's he's pretty good, eh?" We we've been saying this for years. So I like, yes, we he need, he needs more of a platform for sure. He really does because he did this last night,
4: and it's just it's a McDavid, a, it's a no look overtime winner. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Watch well, like I, I mean, watch good for, him, for and good a team for the to, Panthers. <laughs> yeah. well, for a team for a team to watch this in the playoffs this year, the Panthers are a team to watch. You talk about goaltending depth; they've got it. They've got Bobrovsky, they Even even Spencer Knight's played the, a, a game this year for them. They've got they've got Huberto and Barkov,
5: like and Sam Bennett, know,
4: Sam Bennett, who's been on. Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. Well I imagine down the stretch uh SportsNet will probably schedule a few more of their games. Um, yeah, hopefully. The Canadian team, so that'll be that'd be good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um the other thing I guess to get into as well is we know ESPN is going to pick up the majority rights. That's already happened, but the question is is the secondary rights. Um according to the WWE, um well, and according to a tweet I saw, the NBC is not into it according to what the WWE was told. Uh, however, Chris Johnson said NBC is in there, Fox is in there, and Apple TV is apparently bidding for some games. I'm not sure if that's going to be a secondary package or is this going to be a streaming option or not. Uh, but I would
5: imagine that's strictly streaming, but
2: yeah. I mean, I, I... What I mean, is it like, is it joint or is there going to be exclusive streaming right games? Are they going to get how big of a package that's going to be? I That's going to be an interesting question going forward. But um,
4: from what Chris Johnson said last night, it sounds to me that Fox is the leader right now uh, in terms to get the, the remaining bits. But the I think they're going to uh, Apple might sneak in there and get a little bit more as well, a little bit of it as well. And yeah. I think that'd be great because streaming is the future. I could see
5: Apple uh, having like a game of the week, you know, exclusive game streaming type of thing. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the NFL and, and major league baseball experiment with exclusive um, content available via streaming, so maybe the NHL is ready to dip their toe into that as well. I have the same feeling too. I, it it, ju- it just feels like, based on the the little bits and pieces that float out on Twitter, that uh, NBC maybe. Um you know, doesn't want to pay up the kind of rights fee that the NHL is looking for and uh, maybe saying, uh, yeah, it was, it's been a great run here, but uh, we're going to move on. And if it is Fox that steps in, I think the NHL is in really good hands with Fox. I mean, obviously, they had the rights uh, before in the 90s. Um, they've got Kenny Albert in their employee that could uh, instantly be installed as their lead play-by-play announcer. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Production-wise, I mean, they have enormous depth between uh, what they've done with the NFL and Major League Baseball. So, uh, and, and at the same time, Fox is not afraid to try new things. So, um, I, I, I would I wouldn't have any issues uh, if I were an American hockey watcher uh, moving over to Fox to to see the games.
2: And they take mo- they have most of the regional action in the states anyway.
5: Uh, Less daily no. sports now, but they they yeah. they did, yeah,
2: they did, yeah. yeah. Fox Sports,
4: the Fox Sports regional, got sold to to Bally's, and now it's Bally's Sports. Yeah, but, but there was of
5: depth and experience and all that. Yeah, yeah they, they have lots to draw from
2: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then
4: was... you you look at you look at NFL and you look at uh, e- English Premier League as well and Champions League, they are they're all on the zone for streaming, mm-hmm. and it's not hurt them in, in all NFL's on both the on both terrestrial te- television as well as the streaming with the zone. So, if you have that combination of things, I think it w- works really well.
5: Yeah. The, um, now we've got to remember the ESPN ABC deal that has the Stanley Cup final on ABC every second year. So the NHL is clearly going to want to be on an over-the-air network for those alternating years, and, yeah. and if it's not NBC, if Fox has to be the the only other real option.
1: Yeah. I'm all for the whole like streaming is the future thing. The only thing that I'm a little bit worried about is like, let's say Apple is successful in their bid and they get a, let's say, a substantial amount of games. And especially if they're exclusive, as someone who identifies as like an Android guy and doesn't really have anything Apple or subscribes to anything Apple, like that definitely is a detriment to someone like me. But I can definitely see, like, with how big of a uh, clientele that Apple already has, I can obviously see the. The appeal for that, I'm just not necessarily a fan of Apple in particular. I'd be more of a fan of like the Zone trying to be more competitive than that.
5: Well, I don't know. Maybe the league has to say, okay, it's got to be available cross-platform or something like
4: that. It, 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 uh, I would, yeah, I'm not expecting Apple to get significant amount of games. And remember, this is also the American uh, broadcast rights. Um, Rogers yeah, still full, has that's full right. exclusive full exclusivity on national games in Canada, um, but I do. I, I like the idea of Apple coming in here because it opens things up. And I, I agree, Chris. I think they need to go away from these those brands where you have to buy a certain device or download certain things there. That I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of Apple TV, but going into the streaming world, I think, is something that the NHL needs to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would think that Apple TV has a plan going forward, if they're bidding, to be a bit more available in some way, shape, or form so i'm I'm assuming that they're thinking ahead but let me just ask though chris if amazon got involved how would you feel about if, that if it's just as
1: exclusive as potentially as what apple might be considering i'm still just against it in the same for the exact same reasons right. i i don't actively own anything amazon i don't have a prime account nothing like that so like for 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 me specifically it's not ideal. And I feel like I would have to like sign up to something that I might not necessarily use just for the sake of getting access. But that being said, they have a big enough clientele base that I understand the appeal for it in general. It just might not be the best fit for me. Yeah. And I, I believe you can still, I, I'm doing some quick research on that. And I believe you can still
4: just get the Apple TV app or go on their website and watch it that way. So I think there's, there, there will be ways to do it. Um, and if they're do if, if they are um, serious about this they'll have to find a way to work with other um, other operating systems for them on, on mobile and and with computers and everything so I think if they are serious
1: about it they'll have to do that so that will open things up um, yeah, I'm just talking on a purely like hypothetical like big concept sort of mm-hmm. idea at this point like not get into the nitty gritty. Details of like how they actually execute. Uh, yeah, that that obviously they have to iron that out over the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm imagining Amazon and the Kraken will have some sort of relationship going forward at some point during their tenure in Seattle. I'm just thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. they will.
4: And, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some sort of, um, TV show or show about that, about their first season. Yeah. Um, they're the NHL and the Leafs are currently working with Amazon to do a, 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 a show about the Leafs season uh, right now. So it's going to be, I think that's part of that big, big thing too, because um, you're talking to a guy who got back into formula one because of the Netflix show drive to survive. And I, can, I remember seeing someone tweet out some stats on the amount of growth the F1's seen because of that. And that's something the NHL needs to look at. And hopefully this Leafs uh, um, show will, will help that as well. But they need to start uh, expanding out. And I, if Amazon is willing to do that for the first season with Seattle, that would be very cool. From expansion
1: draft to last game of the season would be phenomenal if they do it right. We're talking in like the same sense as like what HBO did with their, like in the uh, regular season, then playoffs a couple seasons back. Right.
5: You're talking about road to the
4: winter classic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's similar, but I think they follow for the, for the whole, uh, for the whole season. And Amazon has been doing this with a bunch of different sports as well. I know they've done it with uh, a couple of the English premier teams uh, they've done it with uh, um like mclaren in f1 as well so it, they, they they have done it before and they're yeah they're just following behind the scenes telling the stories behind like that you don't normally you don't get access to just watching the games
2: yeah, i mean the other we'll go on I, I might be going on a tangent here the other something i just been thinking about with the success of the last dance from from Michael Jordan, yep. there is a lot of opportunities for the NHL. And I, this is one area I think the NHL has dropped the ball on is bringing back some historic content, like bring back the, 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 the Canadian dynasty team, those Islander dynasty teams, um, Wayne Gret, like some of those stories. I mean, you know, I know that maybe if you haven't seen them and everyone has this perception of 80s hockey, but to hear those stories, I think is, I think for me would be that that is missing content that I think the NHL needs to to, to pile on. I mean, as an example, wouldn't it have been great when Patrick Marleau broke the record because everyone was all like, "How dare you touch Gordy Howe!" Like to have a Gordy Howe, some Gordy Howe content and say, "Look, we respect what Patrick Marleau did, and the reason we respect what Patrick Marleau did is what Gordy Howe did as well." And let's let's take the historical context of it. Instead of like having uh, media people say, "How dare Patrick Marlowe play one more game than Gordy Howe?"
5: You're talking yeah, about Rosie DeMano there from the Toronto Star, are you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I will write ten yeah, thousand nine hundred ninety-nine articles, and I will stop at eleven thousand. Okay, yeah, I
4: don't, don't think so. Um, but just to follow up, but uh, yeah, Amazon's got their series All or Nothing, where they where they cover, they've covered t- Tottenham Hotspurs. They um, like said they did. I think they've done ones with Man City, um, Arizona Cardinals uh, with, with NFL, the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. So they've they've done all over the place, like the the Brazilian national football team. Like it's they and that's what they're doing with the Leafs. It's an all or nothing series about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And please, please let that happen with Seattle. And you start. With the expansion draft. That'd be amazing.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, even the NHL, uh, NFL show. What's that? Um, what's that Hard training? Knock. Hard knock. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, well, you,
4: you said we, we go back to uh, they've had what Road to the winter classic. Uh, I feel like they've had multiple I- incarnations of that. Like you, you learn about Bruce Boudreau and ice cream and, all that, but it's, it, you still get to see some fun stuff like Ilya Brizgalov, Mr. Universe mm-hmm. being afraid of bears. Like you get yeah. to see some of that behind the scenes and, and the, 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 the personality of the players. And we talk about how the NHL doesn't sell the personality of the players enough and sell the players enough. That helps. Yeah. So all or nothing Toronto Maple Leafs will be very interesting to watch when that gets released. And then hopefully they just build on that and, and, and get more and more uh, stuff
1: like that because it, you're going to get different fans because of that. Yeah. And with the Amazon tie-in, wouldn't it be a prime opportunity? Oh, Chris, <laughs> that was pretty Look good. At how
5: excited he is at himself!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was great, though. I enjoy horrible puns. What can
5: I say? Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was that was pretty pretty poor that one, but
2: I. I enjoy it. I <laughs> <We'll> move forward. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of things to watch, the U18 tournament, the men's U18 tournament starts tomorrow. Um, And I know, first of all, uh, just to, it's in Texas. I know that people are imagining hockey in Texas. It's going to be very interesting. One rink in Frisco will have fans, the other one will not. Uh, when Canada's group, uh, Canada starts Tuesday against Sweden. Uh, I have just done an interview with Derek Newmeyer previewing the tournament. I'm writing an article about it and we'll put that up. And Peter Labardius and I will have a chat tonight. So I'll have that (laughs) on tonight uh, talking from his perspective. Uh, You can watch most of the games. Uh, The Canadian games mostly will be on TSN. You can also go to HockeyTV.com. I don't know if they'll have play-by-play for some of these but I paid the $29.99 to Purchased that, Uh, and if anything else, I don't know if uh, if Sean has the clip. If there is one reason to watch this tournament, there's a few other reasons, but um, I'll just wait here as Sean magically. A couple things from the WHL perspective: um, the uh, Logan Stankoven, Kamloops Blazers, going to be a high for going to be a first round pick. Uh assistant captain. I think a quiet guy that a lot of people are, you know, when we talk about this guy, um this is another guy Logan Stankoven, a guy to watch. Uh Alberta another Brooks Bandit defenseman Coleman Kamalus will be in this tournament, um going to be up high draft pick. Uh and this guy is going to be there. This guy is 15 years old. To put this in perspective, he's 15.
3: Yeah, it's pretty
2: uh, Patrick Kane esque that disgusting. Is, <laughs> that is uh, yeah. Um <laughs> Connor Bedard is going to just do you want to watch a guy um, before he's cool. If you want to be a hipster if you want to be a hockey hipster, Connie, Connor Bedard for sure will be a guy to watch. And Shane Wright playing his first games of the year as well, 2022 first pick. Uh, expected first pick and uh, a lot of other names in this thing as well. So it's going to be a, it's a good tournament uh, to watch. I just, so I wanted to make sure that we plugged that, not because I'm doing writing articles for them, not only because I'm writing articles for them, but because we are, uh, because I do think it's a tournament worth watching.
4: It's the, it's one of the tournaments that I don't think people are, people watch enough because everyone talks about the world juniors. But I don't think people watch enough of the the, the U eighteen tournaments, uh, especially because, especially this one, uh, because normally you don't get the full team, like the full best be, best team Canada out there, because they're the the CHL playoffs are are still are still going at this point. But uh, right now you're you're basically getting the be- like the best players uh, at this point, and yeah, you've got. Yeah, Stankoven. You've got Bedard, Shane Wright. There's been a lot of talk about Bedard on this podcast, but I don't think we we talked enough about how how good Shane Wright is going to be. I uh, like he what he's he's a 2022 draft
2: pick, I believe. Yeah. Or... First expected first pick. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So it's there's a lot a lot of skill uh, um that's going to be on uh, on display
2: uh, in this tournament. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also Dylan Gunther of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, and some people think he might be the first pick in the draft. So,
4: well, this draft is all this twenty twenty one draft, is, draft tra- is all over the place. Yeah, I think because you've got uh, Brett Clark, you've got Owen Power,
2: Luke Hughes, uh,
4: Luke Hughes. Like, there's a lot of really good de- like defensemen available. Then you've got yeah Dylan Gunther and and others like. It, it you, we we talk about how the the difference between players and how different draft lists can be, the the differences be, between draft lists this year is going to be just just mind boggling because you're going to you're going to have people like yelling and screaming because some guy got picked two three like that they had in the in like mid first rounds and they go top five. That's how yeah. wild this this draft is going to be.
2: for sure. Uh, anything else we do want to cover that we did not Tyler, I knew that we, that's our shout out.
5: <laughs> yeah. I just want to acknowledge, uh, Sidney Crosby with a buzzer beating empty net goal last night, clinched himself another point per game season. And, uh, that's now 16, uh, point per game seasons to start his career. The only other player in league history who has done as well as that is Wayne Gretzky. And, uh, Sydney co- commented on that uh, after the game in a typical, uh, you know, humble uh, style. Sydney Crosby not trying to make too big a deal of it, but did did note that be, being able to do that does uh, show you uh, how long he's been playing. And there was a time 10 years ago where there was a lot of uncertainty about Sidney Crosby's career with uh, with concussions and whatnot. So to see him come back and and, and still now 10 years later and well into his career uh, performing at such a high level still is something that uh, let's not overlook. It, it, it should be acknowledged he doesn't get the uh, headlines that uh, he, he used to with a lot of other great young talent around the NHL, but uh, – Good on Sidney Crosby again for uh, 16 uh, consecutive point per game seasons in in uh, to start his career.
2: Any other? Well, yeah, it's
4: it's it's insane. Like I, I don't. I think we I, I think we we take how good Sidney Crosby is for granted because, as you said, the amount of really good young players out there that are getting a little more um, attention now, especially in this season where the Canadian teams don't get to play against him. And we're so focused on that north di- on this north division that I don't I think we've forgotten how good Sidney Crosby is.
5: Well, the other thing with Sid too, I mean, nothing's ever going to top the golden goal in Vancouver. So anything he does, it's just like, yeah, well, of course we expect that of Sidney. But uh, you know, just wanted to to get that in there. And even the empty netter last night. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> just I got it up on my phone. I think he shot it from yeah from his own goal line in the corner and managed to hit that <laughs> empty net. So. Uh, way to go! And Sid. killed
4: and killed or made very killed uh, people's betting dreams or made people's betting dreams with that. <laughs> yes,
2: I believe I, Elliot was it, uh, talking
4: it, it, about that. It got it, it. It broke the I think the the spread as well as the over under with that goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we are and we are we are in a betting reality now with with hockey. So that's 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 big. That's that's a big story in and it's in and of itself, let alone the the stat that you brought up with how many point per game seasons yeah. he's had. Yeah.
2: Uh, I oh, go ahead. I go ahead.
4: I'm, I, I want to I don't know if this is where you were going, Kevin, but I think we need to give uh, all the stick taps to Jonathan Bernier for his performance yesterday.
2: Oh yeah, that too. Uh, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah.
4: yeah. Um, the stars outshot the wings fifty-one to twelve, one in overtime. Thank you, J- thank you, Jamie Ben, for giving me some uh, some fantasy points. By the way, made made me happy. But um, f- fifty-one shots and you allow two goals. It like, gets just mind blowing. Stick tapped all around. For Jonathan Bernier and that performance he put in yesterday. Yeah. Right
2: that's on. yeah, that was it. And, then, um, and
5: there's there's a guy of all goaltenders out there that really needed a, a big performance for a confidence boost. So good on him.
2: Yeah. Uh I was gonna give mine to Dan Joyce last night. He did the national anthem from the Calgary for the Calgary Flames. Uh it was Hockey Fights Cancer for the Flames last night. And he the Flames gave him an opportunity to sing the national anthem. And he killed it. He did a, he killed it. He did a great job. So um, great little thing there. And Jimmy Jug last night, did I say his name right for the Vancouver Canucks did a great job of the national anthem as well. So I had those two shout outs.
4: Yeah. A couple of good, uh, good emotional tear jerking moments uh, with those two doing the, the anthems in Calgary and Vancouver respectively. Anything
2: else? All right. uh, We'll wrap it. We'll leave it there. How do we follow everyone? I am BeardyConnect03. And as of right
4: now, Devin is currently trailing in his semifinal uh, matchup in in the fantasy hockey. So, Dev, you need to step up because we Uh, need to have a brother final. It's (laughs) it's two points. It is. You're, 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 You're really, really close. And and uh, I've got a bit of a lead, but it's still close enough that uh, anything can happen at this point. So, hopefully, we'll we'll be in the midst of a brother battle for the final uh, in in the uh, the fantasy hockey come uh, midweek intermission.
1: You guys enjoy those playoffs because I missed it by a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: I'm on Twitter at t noble t n o b l e.
3: I am at Schneids on all social media. I'm at GordHauser9 on Twitter.
2: Uh, I am at KVOLE. I am five points behind in my playoff bracket. So, I mean, if you're going to just wish some luck, I could use it. Um, not many games today, but we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, so KVOLE, podcast underscore hockey. Uh, the uh, Facebook.com, the hockey podcast. YouTube.com, the hockey podcast. Subscribe to wherever you get your uh, podcasts. We will be back Wednesday. The uh, probably after the Senators and the Canucks battle at some point in the evening will be our midweek intermission. Uh, we are all there. We leave uh, as we leave you. We will also leave this question for you: Why are all these hockey stars named Connor? Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you all very soon. Bye for now.
0: After the end of a good fight.